Hey, podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder of HBCU Grad, and this is episode six of the HBCU Audio Experience. On this episode, Kaylin sat down with Ashante Williamson and talked about her consulting firm and the difference between FAMU and Bethune-Cookman. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Before we start this episode, we're going to have a word from our sponsor. Hello. Hello. Hey. Perfect. All right. <laughs> Beautiful. So we are good to go. So, well, first off, you know, I wanted to introduce you. It's nice to meet you. My name is Kayla. This is another HBCU audio experience episode. And I'm here with my guest for the episode. Please introduce yourself. Hi, I am Ashante Antoinette Williamson. Um, I am the CEO founder of 27th Wonder Consulting Firm. Tell me a little bit about the consulting firm. How did you get started with that? Okay, so on my 27th birthday, um, that was like one of the most pivotal moments of my life because I, you know how you sit there and you like completely plan out your life, like 25, I'm going to sit, 26, I'm going to sit. Um, by twenty, by the time I hit twenty-seven, I felt like I wasn't really accomplishing the things that I told myself that I wanted to accomplish. Yeah, I know the feeling. Listen, <laughs> so for me, I think that it was like one of those taking a step out on faith and actually using all of the gifts that God gave me um, to, you know, do something new, do something that I was more passionate about and wanted to really grow from grow from and you know expose myself more because I knew I had all of these talents but I just didn't really know or understand how to do it for myself um so I just kind of took a leap out a step out on faith and you know did what I had to do and created 27th Wonder okay okay so how long has it been running now um so currently I am 28 years old so, okay. yeah, so, so a year now, yeah, all right. We're a year, we're a year old, and even within the year, I feel like um, every day is is a it's, it's a journey. So every day is something new. I'm learning more about myself. I'm meeting excellent people, and people are recognizing me. You know, um, and I think that's the beautiful thing about it because sometimes you know you feel like people really don't see you, or people not really watching you, or you know, seeing what you're doing, but in my case, I feel like now I'm being seen, I'm being exposed, and people is, like, they're catching, you know, my brand, and things that I was doing in college, you know, just capitalizing on it now, and giving back to the people that I know that I can help, and that's just something that has been completely beautiful for me. Yes, definitely, I, I definitely can get what you're saying as far as not exactly getting as far as what you what you think you you want to be you know as far as getting right. recognition and stuff like that and I think it really takes a toll when you're just getting off the ground with whatever you're doing it's like oh my gosh that I'm really doing the right thing here like do I need to be doing something else but I'm glad that it's definitely paid off you know I saw you of course posted on Black Wall Street how did that come together? Actually, I got connected because it's always about 
you know, networking and connecting with like-minded people. So a very close friend of mine, Jakari Harris, um, actually connected me with Black Wall Street. And from there, I, you know, built a beautiful relationship with them and them even noticing my work and wanted, wanting to feature me. So that was a blessing within itself. And I'm so thankful for Jakari for even presenting me or connecting me with that particular group because, I mean, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be on this call now or this podcast now. So um, I'm just very, very thankful for that. And it was very, because I'm always humble. Um, I'm the type of person that loves to be in the background, you know? I I totally understand. Listen, (laughs) I just love being in the background and I allow, you know, other people to get their shine because I feel like, one, you don't need a title to do work. And two, I don't you get so much joy and you know pleasure from doing God's work from the background and um, seeing other people you know elevate and you know enjoy the things that you are helping them do so to be recognized was you know amazing for me I kind of like shy away from it but I'm just thankful for it as well because it's giving me the exposure that I know that I need and I'm so glad to hear that. So the next question that I definitely wanted to ask you about was, you know, we was just talking about how sometimes it can be a little, um, it can be a little discouraging not getting the recognition that you're looking for when you're just trying to get off the ground. So what are some of the other difficulties that you have experienced and gone through since, you know, developing your consultant firm? Um, people not really investing um, people wanted things to be for free all the time. You know, they like to play. Uh, uh, yeah, sis, or yeah, you know, you, you know, we cool. I'm like your brother type thing. And I think as African Americans, sometimes we shy away from supporting each other financially. And uh, you know, see, I don't want to say that we always want a handout, but sometimes you know, it's people are always looking for a discount. And I feel like if I have a quality of work, why can't you pay me for what, you know, what I provide you? Why why does it always have to be a discount? Why does it always have to be something extra? Or, you know, you wanted things for free. So um, that's one of my major things that I've been dealing with. Because for so long, growing, you know, yeah, I've helped people throughout undergrad and even post-grad, you know. Right doing things for free so now it's okay I'm at a point where this is like my full time job yes so I got <laughs> no I totally understand Look, that hit me deal. at a spiritual level right I have a son I gotta survive I gotta eat too you know what I mean so yes and congratulations which is which is son thank yes. you so much and I feel like you know if I can't I mean, yeah, I can give you a little discount, but I can't, that all, like, not all the time. Like, you know, compensate me for my work. Because I'm going to ensure that you get nothing but quality. Oh, that's important. No, I think that that is a big conversation that needs to get held. Personally, I've always seen that as just a really major roadblock in being able to successfully flip the black dollar more within right. our community because we can't you can't flip the dollar when you're always trying to cut it in half right <laughs> like and especially with us you know going 
putting out an investment for our education, you know, mm-hmm. taking out loans and thousands of dollars to pay for it. You know, we want to make sure that we are fully compensated for the time and effort and dedication that we put into it. You know, I totally get it. Yes, yes. I, 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 and I feel like that's it. That, like you said, that's an area that we have to grow in as a community, um, ensuring that we are looking out for each other, that we are, you know, giving back to each other as well, and you know, making sure that you know. I mean, you pay me for my work, I'm gonna put you on. Oh yeah, like, you, you know, know that's how we network. Networking, that's how we gotta. You know, that's how we gotta look. It's all about generational wealth, and that's yes. what I'm trying to build. And I can't, I can't build off that free. <laughs> Amen to that. Look. <laughs> <laughs> a word, a sermon. Yeah. So. Um, we were talking right before the episode mm-hmm. that you were working, you know, for Bethune Cookman yes. as a public affairs specialist. Well, interesting. So I I graduated out of high school and I um, went to Florida A&M University. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a story. <laughs> oh, listen. <laughs> so um, I listen. I am like. I used to get called a wild rat or a cat lurch because I, I'm, and you know, I love my fam, my family. Um, you know, they still claim me on the low, <laughs> but uh, yes, listen. So I started out, I started out at Florida A and M, and I, you know, I loved it. It was a great experience, um, but you know, sometimes you feel a little empty, and I felt like I just needed and I wanted to experience something different. Um, so. Even in high school, like the top two schools that I wanted to go to was Florida A&M or Bethune-Hickman University. So I auditioned to, because I played in the marching band, played football on the flute. And so I got, I ended up getting a full full ride scholarship to play in a band at Florida A&M. And I auditioned for Bethune-Cookman. I didn't get anything. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to sing. So, um... (laughs) Once I transferred uh, to Bethune Cookman, I, I felt like CMU did give me that foundation to excel more at BCU. Um, you know, it's two different cultures that people don't really realize that BAMU and BCU are two different cultures, but there's two different cultures that can benefit you in so many ways. So I definitely feel like I got my foundation for BAMU to excel even more at BCU. So when I got to BCU, I was speaking to everybody because you know you know how Cushman can be. Oh yes, oh yes. <laughs> Walking on the quad, people mean mugging. Oh, like I wasn't at, like I was speaking to everybody. I was involved instantly right out the gate in organizations, SGA, NCNW, the list goes oh. on. And, um, you know, I kind of made a name for myself there and at BCU, and I know it wouldn't have been if I didn't experience the things that I experienced at BCU. So, got through BCU, and I um, graduated in fall 2014, and once upon graduation, I was recruited to work for a lobbying firm that was looking at me the entire time um, at BCU. So um, I got recruited to work for a lobbying firm there. I I left 
Cookman. Um, went to Tallahassee. So I graduated in December. January, I was in Tallahassee working legislative session um, until May. Okay. And got recruited by, at that time, uh, President Jackson and Dr. Hakim. Okay. To work for uh, Bethune Cookman. So while I was in Tallahassee, Bethune Cookman was watching me. So they were <laughs> they recruited <laughs> back to come back to Bethune Cookman University, and I started working at Bethune Cookman University that October. So I, when I started working at uh, Bethune Cookman University, I started off as an advancement specialist in the division of institutional advancement. And then from there, I went on and I got promoted to become the operations manager for the division. And so I was literally right under the vice president of institutional advancement. Then I got promoted to public affairs. Um, so my last position at Wisdom Cushman um, was public affairs specialist. So that's my little tidbit on that journey. Okay, okay. Wow, you wow, this is this is really turned into a story. So I <laughs> I gotta I gotta definitely ask off the bat just for my curiosity, what are the, the big differences, you know, between Sam you and Cookman just just because you've been on both sides, you know. Yes, I'm, yes. I feel like I had a best of both worlds. Yes. <laughs> so with Sam you, um everybody I, I would say hitting the ground running as soon as you get over the summer when I was, you know, going over into becoming a freshman, um, it instantly felt like a family. Like, you know, I felt like I was a part of the Wakanda tribe. <laughs> <laughs> um, as soon as I stepped foot on the campus, like, everybody was just so welcoming and you know, they instilled, like, you are somebody, you are this, you are that. You know, that spirit of affirmation that they gave, they gave to me, and they kind of instilled it in me and made me feel like I was a strong, powerful Black woman. Amen. Um, instantly, as soon as I got there. And um, I noticed a difference at just working with the orientation leadership at BCU at that time. Like, they, that, that was something that kind of lacked. Um, so when I came to BCU and I noticed that lack there, you know, letting them know, you know, you have to affirm some things with students. People, you have to bring back that pride and that, you know, let students know about the tradition and the history because Dr. Bethune was a strong black woman. Oh, yes. And, <laughs> and, and I feel like she gets kind of lost within, you know, the traditional aspect or the bringing back that pride aspect for the students even currently now. Like, they don't really understand that you are on fertile and fertile ground and fertile soil. Like, Dr. Bethune did so much, so many things to get the Bethune cooking where it needs to be currently now. Like, we're reaping off of the prayers and the hard work of her that she's done way back when now. And I feel like that was kind of lost. So the yes. difference for me is the culture. Like, FAMU, you like, you got that cocky spirit and you know, like you 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 got that pride, you got all of that. BCU is like more of that humbleness a little bit. Like, you know, yeah, I'm cocky, but 
you know, I can, I can, I, I recognize like my spiritual side, my faith side, all of that stuff because you know, chapel we gotta go to chapel every Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> so they make you tap into the spiritual sense a bit, but um, even with being a part of the organizations on both campuses, like. I fam, you came from bigger numbers. People not just being t-shirt wearers, or you know, really appreciating the organizations to come in the cookman and stuff. Like people joined organizations just to join to get into another organization. So you know, it's like little things like that that you, that that kind of kind of brought out like the different experiences and the culture of the different schools. Um, that kind of you know made me grow in a sense into different areas. Oh, I definitely understand. Well, now that you put it like that, that definitely makes a lot of sense because, you know, with us being so so deep into, you know, the religious aspect of underscore mm-hmm. and stuff like that, I think it definitely leads a long-term uh, feeling of just how we carry ourselves, period. I know just for me, um, I can say that chapel honestly turned out not to be something that I that I wouldn't regret going to. So right. That, like that actually Chapel was lit now. Chapel was actually very, <laughs> very we church service for real. Oh my gosh. Chapel and the people the people, the keynote speakers are always right. the best. And it's a long lasting effect that just makes you if you start out the beginning of the week on a bad note, it just makes you want to want, push right. and end the, the week on a high note, you know? Right. Uh, yeah, so I could definitely um I could definitely agree with that. So I definitely wanted to ask you, you know, with you being a public affairs specialist, you know, try to explain a little bit of um what you pretty much did for the university with the job. That's crazy. I didn't even realize that you worked um, at the university. Where do you work at? Yes, I well, I'm no longer there, but um, I work in the division of institutional advancement. You know the house that was in between financial aid and Bronson. Yeah. So we used to be in that, and then we moved off campus where fiscal affairs is currently. So what I really focused on was number one, funding, funding for students um, to help our university grow. Um, and I did, you know, the government relations portion and also the community relations portion because at the end of the day, it's all about networking. It's all about, you know, people that don't know or did not know who Bethune Cookman University was. By the time I was done speaking with them, they would have had full knowledge of Bethune Cookman University, Dr. Bethune, Albert Bethune, like every, I was running everything down. Um, because it's all about making people aware yes we had people that i would meet with that was just down the street of bethune cookman university and didn't even know what bethune cookman university was and where it was oh wow right and we're in this and we were in the same city literally down the street and to me that kind of made me feel some type of way especially as an alum because it's like how do you not know bethune cookman university exactly that's a problem that's a major disconnect Right. And so essentially my job was to prevent that disconnect and make people more aware, make people want to give back to the university, make people want to look into the different programs that we had at Bethune or have at Bethune University. So that's kind of what I did on a day to day basis. 
Okay. So the second part to this question, um, you know, I noticed just from my end that there has, you know, been obviously a big disconnect from the student body and the local community. You know, mm-hmm. it really shows with, you know, whenever you're, whenever we're interacting out within the city or even when it comes to try and do an event somewhere around the city, it's obviously uh, a really big disconnect and it and it harbors us from being able to really have that full on, you know, college experience. And I've, I really noticed, you know, with Tallahassee and fam, you, you know, it's really able to, to be intertwined with each other so perfectly is because mm-hmm. Tallahassee enabled itself to be a college town, you know? Right. And I think that that's one of the really big problems, not to say that Daytona Beach isn't a college town, because, you know, we got Embry-Riddle and no, Daytona saying, State. No, we're definitely a college town, but yeah. I think that the difference between the two is currently i feel like there is a disconnect as like as you stated between you know the city and the student but i feel like it's a twofold i feel like you know students when i was a student our presence was known throughout the entire city so my experience collegiately was probably different from what you're experiencing now because we were at we were out at the commission meetings, meeting with commissioners, creating those relationships. So if we wanted to do things outside of BCU campus, we were able to. Um, And we created that, you know, open door policy with certain people that were in the community. And we knew that, that, you know, if anything was to happen, um, they got our back. And I feel like now... The, the voices of the student leaders and the student body isn't really heard. And I don't think that it's the fact that, you know, you guys may not care about that. I just feel like it's the fact that you don't realize that you guys are powerful because if it's not, if, if, if it's not up to how can I say that? If, if you guys weren't there, there will be no Bethune-Cookie University. Amen to that. So I feel like when you become, when you get into that mindset, then you know that, yeah, we have administration, but at the same time, you know, you guys are supposed to help run the university, but this is my experience. So if I need X, Y, and Z done, you should, you should make sure that it's done for me. Yeah. So I think that it's students realizing their power, their worth, and branching out not only relaying, relying on the people that are in-house, but branching out, having a relationship with the mayor. You know, his wife, I believe she's the dean of the School of Education. So you have direct, we have city commissioners that are professors. So you have that direct connection, but you don't capitalize on using it. Wow. You know what? That, that actually... Wow, that actually brings some major truth because I didn't even think about it like that. You know, it was something, at least in my mind, it was something considered because, you know, a lot of times when events happen, more so it's the uh, police uh, shutting something down or it's, you know, somebody else. You know, I always thought it was important to try and 
try and build up those relationships right. but I didn't but you guys actually did it like was mm-hmm. it how how did you guys really just go about it did you guys just really just go to meetings or did you guys try to catch them after class or did you start with the ones that you found out were on campus as professors and faculty I think for us we we threw events on campus that we knew that was appealing to the outside so um when it was election season, we did a whole movement. Our voice is our vote. And we did this whole political movement. We did town hall meetings. We did debates. We made cooking because essentially, listen, if every student at Bethune Cooking University actually voted, Cookman can run the whole city of Daytona Beach. Students don't really realize that. The elect, like the the candidates look, they seek out BCU students because our vote is so powerful. Wow! So it's like they need us. You gotta think we have over four thousand students that attend BCU. Yeah, now that you put it like that, yeah, that. And then we have voting precincts on campus. Yeah, now now we can um, in the last two years, it's been voting places inside of the CCE building. Right. Yeah. So, even with, so, creating a sense of attractiveness for, because, you know, sometimes it's not even about them not wanting to come. Sometimes they're just essentially scared. Because, you know, students can be very rude. But, being attractive in a sense to where we are politically engaged, we are civically engaged, we know what's going on in the community, and we're going to hold you accountable for it. It's that accountability piece. So making a connection for that, throwing, hosting those forums, throwing certain events, and as well as holding them accountable because it will allow them to respect you even more. So that's kind of how we built those relationships, doing like the march to the polls. At that time, we had the uh, sheriff, the chief for the city, we had his contact information. Oh, so wow. if anything, yes. Uh, at that time, it was Chief Chipwood. Uh, so if we had anything, if we needed anything, or we had any run-ins with the city, because you know sometimes officers would really seek out with them Christian University students. They will park their cars on Lincoln and you know pull students over all the time and give them tickets. I know exactly what you're talking about. So we picked up on that. And we were like, no, y'all trying to get y'all quoted from us. And y'all not going to do that. We, you, get the speed, we, we doing 25. Come on now, <laughs> with speed bumps in the road. Right. Come on speed. now. <laughs> and y'all putting us over for what? So you're targeting us for what? Yeah. So when we realized that that was happening to us, we we stood up for our students. We, we ensured that, you know, that's not going to fly with us. And from there, we created an even more relationship because they realized, like, dang, yeah, they were they they're not only respecting themselves, but they're standing up for something that they believe in. Okay, yeah. Okay. Now that you put it like that, yeah, I can see exactly how y'all was moving mountains. Yeah. So we was we were about that life, Loki. So <laughs> now that we talked about this, you know, with you being, you know, public affairs specialist for the school. 
taking this on a national level in, in terms to trying to rebuild the bridges for HBCUs and the communities in which they're located in, do you think it has to start more so with tackling the local issues at hand or do you think it has to be tackled with the um, with the national image of HBCUs that's been going on with a lot of the recent headlines that's been going on with administrations across the nation? I think that it can kind of mesh well, like kind of emerge with each other. To get to a national level, we have to realize what's going on locally. Because we can be more effective locally then we can be nationally. You know what I mean? Like, it can get to that national part, but what are you doing locally? Right. You are living in this particular area for four, or four, let's say, four to five years. Yeah. You're living in this part. So you have to be aware of what's going on in the city that you are residing in. That is very true. Yeah, local, local progress usually does make national headlines. Right. So I think that when people start to kind of pick up on that and realize it, then it will make all HBCUs, because essentially where are all HBCUs located in the in their local communities? More so in the most urban part of exactly. the neighborhood. Exactly. So nine times out of 10, there is something that's going on in those areas. So what are you going to do to ensure that your collegiate experience, you know, is, is, is a great one in the area that you're living in? Yeah, and I'm glad that we, uh, I'm glad that we really talked about that is because, you know, with my experience, like, you came in, when you came in, I, be- I believe that there was probably a more established relationship with the community and the universities because when I came in I came in really at a very pivotal time for the universities because it was it was the last time that things were good as far as the relationship when I came in 2015 I understood you know the culture of which the alumni that I got to talk to before ever applying was talking about you know as far as that student life and as far as you know the atmosphere and being at school and I think that you know after 2015 when I came in I started to see just a dramatic shift you know not even just with the um, not even just with the relationship of the student body off campus but beginning you know with the morale of the student body you know it was just a different time it was you know we were talking about a lot of the times we carry ourselves to be more humble because of the um religious side of us that we really pride ourselves Mm -hmm. on equipment but i think that a lot of a lot of the humbleness really came just from there starting to be a silence Right. on campus it was starting to be like of course people me mug and be quiet on the choir but then it started to go from that to people Being. barely right. on the choir the squad was dead right <laughs> the and, was dead. and that's a problem is because you know students you know they might see it as a temporary problem but that temporary problem 
turns in the long term when you have the next up upcoming class, you know, touring the school and seeing what the mm-hmm. atmosphere is about, and then they see it and they say, you know, well, this this is not exactly what I was looking right. for, you, you know, and then it and then it goes into the next year and they see exactly what the last last year's story. Right, it's a cycle that has to be stopped, you know. Right. So, yeah, I'm definitely glad that we talked about this. So, um, the next question that I wanted to ask you about, you know, is what are what are your future plans, you know, for you and your consultant firm or, you know, just for your career and the advancements you want to make, you know. So, for me, I think that as far as the consulting pieces, I want to be impactful, um, because one of the stems in my whole firm is student development, student le- leadership, um, and fundraising, and, and strategic planning, operational design. So I think that I want to kind of focus that and help students realize that they're, they are a pivotal piece um, within their schools. They can fundraise to get money for students, scholarships, whatever they want to do helping them to realize that I can do I can make my experience be so dynamic and I don't really have to rely on administration yes from a collegiate standpoint from outside of that I want to be impactful to not only women but to all Um, I want to help people realize the things that they're passionate about and help them strategically organize themselves to brand themselves, to start their own companies, to do the things that they feel that God has placed them placed on their heart. And I want them to capitalize on a lot of, uh, a lot of us blacks are not entrepreneurs. Yes. I feel like it's like that because we instantly feel like we need the money to start the business. Yeah. And granted, a lot of times we do, but I think that we also lack on the spiritual level taking that leap of faith. Yeah. A risk taker. And I think that if we get back to that and I can help people realize that and be that, you know, person that helps them strategically plan or strategically organize their five-year plan on how they're going to do their business, I think that that's the most rewarding part to me. And so from the 27th wonder aspect, I want to help help people grow in a sense from there. From the just me, Ashante, um, I inspire and I've always said this. Anybody that knows me knows that I've always said that I want to run for office. So I want to be the one to be the first black female president of the United States. That's one of the main goals that I have for myself. Okay. Uh, I know it may be reaching, but... No, we speaking it into existence. Look, (laughs) I'm going to affirm that it happens. I think that, yes, I'm on the background a lot, but I think that I feel like I can look at Donald Trump got into office. Why can't I? Honestly, that is the new model. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that there was job criteria for that office. <laughs> so, so I think that that's one of the things that I want to do, you know, way, way, way in the future. Um, 
and I feel like I am taking the steps, the correct steps to, you know, make that happen for myself. But I just honestly, I really just want to be that person that kind of, you know, the ram in the bush for people. Okay, definitely. And that, wow, that that's a lot. Okay, so we we got a we got a guest that's going to be trying to run for office. We got to say this episode. <laughs> Shoot, we got to, to save this. Look, vote for me. Vote oh, for me. You got my vote. You got my vote. So, oh man, this was a great, you know, conversation. I do want to ask you one more thing before I okay. let you go. Um, you were talking a little bit about, you know, how you wanted to make sure that you express to students that, you know, all the time you don't have to have all of them money you need up front to start something to pursue your own business or you know your dreams and stuff like that and I think it's really really important because you know a lot of the times the the students that come to HBCUs like we said we gotta take out loans for, mm-hmm. for, for this kind of stu- school especially if we go into a private institution right so I wanted to ask you know for any students that are trying to fundraise or trying to jumpstart, you know, their own firm or business or organization, not for profit. What's some of the advice that you could probably give them to get over that first, you know, that first speed bump? Well, the first thing that I would say is if I post it on your heart, affirm and believe that you can excel in it, period. Um, the second thing that I will also say is that he will always provide for you. So if you feel like you don't have the money, God will provide. Amen. Amen. Um, the third thing that I would say is network. Take your brand serious. Take what you do serious. And network. Yeah. You know what you want to do. You write it out on paper. Write out your plan. But also, in this world, I know it's cliche, but it's not always what you know. It's who you know as well. Who can help you get to the next level? Yes. So you have to capitalize on networking, especially while in undergrad. Because you like you you are you come across so many people, even amongst your peers in school. And you never know who can make it or be in the right place. Exactly. And just realizing that now will help you in the future. So I think that that's the main thing for me. And don't be afraid to ask people for money. Like white people do all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they say, what you need? Oh, I need $5,000, Bill. Be that person. Don't be afraid. And you know, if you know what you do is quality, charge quality. Yeah. That's the kind of support that that we need in order to to maintain our own businesses. Right. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. And it's my pleasure. Yes, and thank you for for being a guest for our episode. You know, this was very lovely. Oh my gosh. I really, really appreciate it, and I want to say thank you for the movement that you guys are creating. And um, all the things that you guys do and just putting out us out there so people will know who we are and know that we will give a helping hand regardless because we got to make sure that we are all on. Yes, yes. We all got to lead the ladder down for the next person to climb up. Exactly. We all need to lead that legacy. And most of all, we all got to eat. 
Yes. We got families to feed. Right. So we all creating general generational wealth for ourselves and our family. Like that's a priority and we got to make sure that we do that. And what you guys are doing is a step towards that. And I am so proud and appreciative that I'm able to be a part of what you guys are doing. So I do want to say thank you for that. Oh, no problem, no problem at all. And we are going to go ahead and sign off. This is the HBCU Grad Audio Experience. Now, I do have a question. Like, how do you go about picking or selecting um, uh, people to be on your show? Uh, to be honest, it's really not much of a selection process. Um, mm-hmm. We're just really looking for you, not know, HBCU graduates. Um, and those that have a unique story to tell um, that can make up a good story to be honest with you it's because you know a lot of times people are always looking to those that are in higher up positions like the presidents of a school or the overnight success that left school and I think that a lot of times that really um, that really shoots down the idea of what a lot of students can do whenever they leave school especially when they don't get to hit the ground running as soon as they graduate so yeah i i definitely like to make sure that you know we show that yes this is the field that you might want to do and here's somebody that's doing it but it's not necessarily the way that you have to do it from what you're seeing on tv and in media and stuff like that you know Right. I definitely, I asked that because, um, well, we'll further when we talk, but uh, my best friend, I worked with him because he created a nonprofit. He actually is an alum of BCU as well. He created a nonprofit in um, Jacksonville, Florida. Like, he basically turned down the FBI to start this nonprofit to give back to the youth of Jacksonville. So that's why I asked about the process or selection because if I could recommend him to be on the podcast as well in the future, that would be super dope because I think that you will be very intrigued about his story and his journey because he has reached 4,000 youth in Jacksonville in just two years. The nonprofit organization is two years old. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I work with him along with doing my own thing as well. So like... The things that he's doing or the things that like our day to day with the nonprofit, you will be amazed. <laughs> oh man. Oh yeah, I'm definitely interested. Right, and how much he's taken over the city of Jacksonville currently. But it's just one of those things like you said, like everybody sees the CEOs of like or the presidents of universities and but within our peer group we have people making boss moves as well and doing things that you know that can withstand some of the things that the presidents of universities are doing exactly you'll be be amazed but i just wanted to like put that (laughs) claimer in there and just recommend him um for a future show because i think that once you get connected with him and just listen to the things that he has done in the community and with the students and even, like I said, reaching 4,000 students, we have uh, representatives for that's a part of like our, we, ha- we created this, um, I guess, mentoring program within our mentoring program called Success Academy. And um, so it's like a 12 week program that we do. We meet with the kids every Saturday at um, a local library and 
we have we're in 22 schools within Duval County. So, mm-hmm. right, and th- like, and we just started Success Academy last semester. So this is our we're in spring semester currently. So just little things like that, like, blows my mind every day that, that I look back on it because I'm like, dang, we really doing all of this stuff. Oh, yeah, I, I would love to um to get the story about this because I used to live in Jacksonville. Really? Yeah, well, outside of Jacksonville, but a lot of my friends, you know, right. pretty much used to live there. So, yeah, I would definitely be interested. Make sure you um give me his information I, I after that. So he was actually featured. We were both featured the same day on Black Wall Street. So he's on there as well. He got featured by Black Wall Street as well. But I would definitely, after we're done, shoot you his information. And um, I'll text you his number and email and all that good stuff. And um, get you connected with him. Because I think that just hearing and just, you know, putting him out there more. Because we have some great things coming up in Jacksonville. Like we're doing this big fundraising experience. But it's a Kentucky Derby theme. And we actually got... A whole entire golf, golf and country club. So we're doing this big fundraising uh, gala for our students because we're trying to get funding for our students. Right. So um, that's one of the big events that we have coming up. But definitely wanted to plug that in right quick. Appreciate that. So, yes. It's all about helping each other. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Let me go ahead and um. Well, yeah. Let me go ahead and get that info. Hey, podcast listeners, this is Todd. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, If you would rate us, we would really appreciate it if you're on iTunes, if you're on Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you are. If you could rate this podcast, a five would be great. But if you feel like it's a one, rate that too. We we believe in honesty and we appreciate your feedback. So um, please rate us if you have anything that you want to talk to us about. Please DM us at HBCU Grad, and we'll talk to you soon.